Welcome to Journey to Inner Wisdom. I'm Crystal Cotto Sullivan, Wisdomologist and your host. So today we're going to continue our conversation about the human design system. And I have back as my guests, uh, Vani Kennedy and Kimberly Banfield. And we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the technical aspects of human design today. And before I start, I do want to um, introduce both of them again, in case you are just joining us for this conversation for the first time. So welcome, Kimberly and Vani again. So much fun to be here. That's great. So Kimberly Banfield is the founder of Soulcology. As a mentor, speaker, and teacher, she guides and supports women to find clarity, confidence, and courage to listen to their intuition, heal past experiences, and find and fulfill their soul purposes. What she loves the most is helping women to make their life a moment that matters through living a solar, S-O-U-L-A-R, powered life. And Vanessa, who is a modern living hippie, is the founder of Yoga Living. She guides women working women to successfully surviving stress with clarity of their own of their whole selves so that they can amplify their wellness energize their work and goals and be a positive force on the issues that matter to them while doing it all so thanks again for joining me for this second part of our conversation about the human design system so today we're going to talk as i said we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the um technical aspects last time we had a chance to talk about our own um our own uh, type and and a little bit about our strategies and our experiences and so today we're gonna we're gonna slip into a little bit more of a technical look at the human design system so i think we'll start with the nine centers hmm. so before we start in the uh human design system um the person that, that w- this was channeled through was given the information that for for mo- millennia, thousands of years, we we were very much um, a seven centered um, being, so seven chakras. And in the last century, there was a shift. Actually, before that, in the 1700s, there was a major shift to a nine centered being. And so we know that. Um, we are evolving. We know that, um, you know, in terms of the way that we think, the way that we work, there are so many things that have evolved about human beings. And more and more, we see that even in terms of the relationships, my husband is a relationship coach, and mm-hmm. he really sees that there has been an evolution in terms of how we relate to one another in relationships and how we understand who we are. I think there's also been a evolution there in general and then very specifically with something like the human design system there's definitely an an evolution of how we are being in the world today and so um i mean there's so much more to the human design system but we're we're going to talk about those nine centers today moving from seven centered being to a nine centered being so let's start with those centers ladies Yeah, what's interesting is, I think, you know, we think of evolution sometimes as moving on. Mm. And what I love about the human design experiment is I I see it as really as expansion, Mm. that I'm constantly expanding my sense of self, my clarity, my direction. It doesn't leave behind necessarily 
other parts of me or earlier understandings of me, but it builds on that. And so the chakra system is sort of like in, in this model is sort of like that. It actually started is a five chakra model mm-hmm. back um, with Neanderthals and looking at um, cycles, right? The lunar solar cycles, the seasonal cycles, the natural cycles, and and um, our ability to understand and function and be part of those cycles. Um, and so we could possibly argue on a different show whether we have abandoned that or not. <laughs> I'm going to argue that was not the intention. <laughs> now that we embody that, no editorial commenting here, just saying. Um, uh, now that we've sort of embodied that in those five chakras, then we were able to expand into seven. And we moved more into the homo sapien realms of mental awareness, um, uh, experimentation, science, um, technology, how to survive and, and, and uh, safely and, and at the next level on this planet, in this life. And now that we could argue that we've sort of uh, solidified a lot of that ability, we don't mm-hmm. abandon that. Mm-hmm. Right. We now expand on top of that. It's kind of like adding floors to our our structure or adding more like uh, more tiny houses on our compound right for our community to enlarge it so now we've added two more tiny compounds right uh into our nine centered experience and then we've added oh gosh i have to get this right um splenic and solar plexus yep yes right okay i'm like either side left and right okay um I always want to throw a different one in there. So cellular plexus, um, partly because I'm a yoga teacher. So the, well, there's a similarity. They, it's a different model. So some of the language gets mixed up sometimes. Mm, <laughs> mm. Um, but we're moving now into re- sort of, I would say maybe possibly even taking that five and seven level experience and right, building it together into this spirit-driven, um, emotion-driven, relationship-driven um, understanding of ourselves, each other, and the world around us. And so now we've got this sort of fuller model for us to continue our growth and expansion into it. So that's how I would explain that transitionary period. I don't know if you would add anything to that or something different, Kimberly. About, um, I would explain it very simply, and it makes me think of like even as we grow as individual humans, we very much follow that same process, right? Like first we become yeah. aware that we think and then we become aware, well, if I think, then others think and then we become aware of our feelings and then each other's feelings and so on and so forth. And so we kind of go through like a, a miniature model of that evolutionary mm. process from mm. five to seven to nine um, in our own, in our as we move through our own, ages well even Um, as babies we learn cycles right eat sleep yes eat sleep repeat and then as we get older it's eat you know eat school fun play fun play eat more sleep (laughs) repeat and so and so forth (laughs) and then my understanding is that as we continue to evolve the emotional solar plexus is actually going to split and we're going to have another center that's created hmm. in another generation um, that will make us 10 centered hmm. beings instead of nine yeah. centered beings. And so we're really gearing up towards that uh, split, if you will, that creation of that uh, new center 
And I feel like it, you know, at the end of the last episode, we talked about moving from the mind being the focus into body being the focus. And I feel like this also reflects conditioning in the sense of so many of us were taught to intellectualize processes and to yep. make decisions from the mind. And that's not what the mind is for. The mind is for storing information. The mind is for you know, retrieving that information. The mind is for supporting a, a decision-making process with the evidence that's available, one of the types of evidence that's available to you. But it's not there to make the final decision. So if you're making decisions from your mind, one of the greatest gifts that human design is going to give you is how you are actually designed to make those decisions and which of your centers are defined or not can support you with that decision-making process. And even those that have what's called um, mental authority, which is a only a projector authority, I think, from memory, even that process isn't about using the mind per se. It's about them talking out what's in their mind to hear the mm -hmm. sound of the voice resonance is what tells them what their decision is and for them it's a type of projector i think actually they consider it all but then they yeah. go to an environment that feels good safe grounded for them and then they see they reflect which of that information is actually relevant to this feeling yes right and then that's the decision so it's it's still using the mind by taking it to a place where it feels good to hold that information or that decision in your mind. So it, it's even finding a way for the body, to, for the mind to be in the body. Yes. Uh, and reflect back to it. It's so yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Well, well it's interesting because um, one of the things that my that. mind has a hard time getting around is that our mind is an observer <laughs> as opposed to an active participant mm -hmm. so what's well, at the top it likes to be the boss right I, exactly <laughs> and it's like and then and when and when we can really trust that the centers to uh, our authority to make the decisions then our mind can just have fun and and observe and gather the information and store the information but not um not be the authority that we've that for centuries the mind has been like it's really, right. and, and, and I think that is, that's really difficult because we've been so conditioned to the mind is everything. We're schooled that way, where we talk about our mind that way. In a sense, we, um, we worship people who are mm -hmm. thinkers and um, the, the intellect. So it's really, it's really a shift. It's a major shift to think about it's my body that really knows. Right. What is my body saying about that thought? What is my body feeling about that thought? What is my mm -hmm. body telling me? What is like, how is my body responding to that thought? Am I, does it make me feel my signature feeling of peace, for example, as a manifest? Or is it activating my not self theme of anger? And what is it telling me about mm -hmm. alignment and so on? I like to think about the, the, head center the very very top of the the very the top triangle <laughs> upward facing triangle if you will mm -hmm. the very top of the chart how I view that now instead of instead of it being this like yes there's logic 
you know, in, involved in, in the head center, the way that I like to think about it is, you know, like that's my connection to the universe. And if I'm in my head thinking all the time, yeah, then I'm not able to receive, especially like as a manifester who runs on creative urges and whatnot, I'm not able to receive the guidance that the universe is giving me. I'm not, I'm not able to receive the, the divine information that is being provided to me in that space. And then I don't notice and the other things, and it makes me think about, you know, like generators, for example, like who are here to light the world up. If they're in their heads thinking all the time, then they're missing the things that are lighting them up. Mm-hmm. They're missing the light that's being given to them through their head center because they just think, 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 think all the time. So there's nothing movement- will frustrate a generator more than sitting in eight hours of meetings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if there's someone in that meeting who's like, who's going to say, can we just get on with doing it? It's going to be the generator for sure. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. And I think that's, a, I know that I, my brain fought this. Kimberly can testify so hard. Um, but when I thought of it as like that, that period of intellectual mental definition, the building of the mental awareness and capacity is now embodied, right? I don't have to think about thinking anymore, right? Hmm. We have come to the point where that ability is kind of in that level of understanding is in our bodies we we are it so now the mind can be freed up to be a team player and Mm -hmm. to do what it it's like you know how great does it feel when you're given the right job at the right time right Mm -hmm. it's just the best and that's really when my mind when I let my mind my mental centers do that there was so much less stress there was so much less doubt and anxiety there was so much more creativity Mm. Um, and then also then we're going to talk about your centers can be open um, and then your centers can be defined I shouldn't say open we use that kind of loosely your centers can be defined your centers can be undefined I have to think about that word undefined and (laughs) your centers can be open so this is like, there's so many layers. We could have this talk every week um, <laughs> about human design. Defined means is that this is a consistent energetic uh, and each of the chakras, so each of the chakras conduct a type of energy for you. So each, if it's defined, that is a consistent type of energy that flows for you. And you will have what we call gates, which are traits within that that are defined. If it's undefined, it's you have that energy, but it might not be as consistent. It might sort of come and go a bit more. Um, and you could still have gates within that that are still traits that you do have. And then an open center would be you have no gates. You still have energy, but you can get energy flow from other people. When centers are undefined or open, it's where you can be the most conditioned because you're experiencing other people's definition. Like other people have sort of come into this life with that energy really, really solid for them. And so you can sort of learn from them and, and have real experience of learning the breadth of that energy through that person. Um, but it means that you could also kind of assume their experience is your experience. So we talked about this uh, last time about reflectors, right? Mm-hmm. So being kind of where I'm an undefined emotional uh, center, 
Um, and so I can amplify. If, if I ask somebody who's upset how upset they are one to 10, they might say a three. I'm like, really? Because I had you at seven. I'm feeling seven. Um, and so, because I'm experiencing it like a newbie who's just learning about this, right? I'm getting their experience. But it's very easy for me to carry other people's emotions with me. So I have to have that discernment of cleaning out. And so the centers um, start to give us that ability to um, have the mind get some ease and some fluidity and some creativity to do what it's here to do best um, as part of our team, as opposed to somebody who's isolated, stuck in an office, has to do it all and be exhausted. Um, so ultimately, when when your brain wraps itself around or in your mind, um, it has way more fun. I think I don't know. My mind has way more fun. Kimberly has yours. Yeah, it, it does. Now that I know that one of the ways that I look at certainly like the head center is it's for questions, right? It's for asking questions of myself, of the world around me, of the people around me. It's for ideas. It's for um you know that that more mystical connection to the universe and whatnot so now that that I know that and it's something that I can experience in my life I'll get this feeling where if I'm overthinking I feel really top heavy and it's where all the energy is gone from my body into my head and I literally feel like I'm just this head on a stick mm -hmm. And so when I can recognize that and go, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm all in my head or I'm, or I'm all in my head center or in some instances, you know, in, in just the head center and the Ajna, because the Ajna mm -hmm. is also about like ideas and concepts and, you know, this, it has a breakthrough energy associated with it and, and whatnot. When I'm in that space, I then know, okay, like it's time for me to freeze for one to get some energy into <laughs> my body into my extremities but it's also time for me to take a break it's also time for me to to stop and to rest and to go outside put my feet on the earth or go for a walk or just get away from the environment that I was in because I need a reset and that's not to say like we said before it's not to say that like you know you you shouldn't be in your head sometimes one of the reasons why you're in your head and you can recognize that is so that you know that it's time for a break so that you know that it's time to rest right. because you you've, you've pushed too far and the mind has taken over when that's not the mind's job the mind is not there to take over and on some level as much as we've been conditioned to believe that it wants to because it's been glorified in that mm -hmm. way mm -hmm. it actually doesn't want to it doesn't want to do mm. that puts yeah. the mind in overdrive as well and it, it impacts that that you know heart brain connection and whatnot actually disconnects it so the mind doesn't want that but it will do that to let you know that it's gone that things have gone too far yeah. and that if you're a projector you need a nap if you're a reflector you need a new environment if you're a generator you've got to move your body or a manager you've got to move your body if you're a manifester you've got to get out and do something. You've got, to, you've got to change something about your environment because you're not designed to be all up here all the time, whether that's intellectually or even spiritually. Like you're not designed to be all up here spiritually all the time either. Neither, neither of that is, is healthy. Well, and it's interesting that in terms of language, because sometimes we'll talk about needing to be grounded and that's really about coming out of our head, isn't it? It's about... Mm -hmm. It's about feeling our body firmly on the ground. 
And right. I mean, there are many ways to do that, but um, I do know that when I um, am in my head too much, I start bumping into things and I have accidents because I'm totally mm -hmm. unaware of my body. And right. as soon as that happens, yeah. it's like, oh, okay, wait a minute. Like I am, I need to get out of my head. I need to be aware of what's going on around me. And my body knows that my body has, mm. is smart enough to know, like, you know, it's like night blindness. You can walk around a room and you know, your body knows where everything is, even though your eyes don't see it. And so right. it's really trusting what, what our body knows. Yeah. And so it's getting back into, into the body. I love, uh, uh, what you said, Vani, about be, the mind is a team player because it has not been. You yeah, know? we cut it off, right? Yeah. We, we all, it, traditionally, we think of like, there's the head, it's important. Yeah. And then the body carries the head around. It, yeah. Right. Um, and that, I mean, that's like a, a lonely place for the head too, right? Um, uh, so when we can make that connection, we often, you know, we hear the phrase mind, body, spirit all the time. But when we can connect all the aspects of ourselves to work together um, it's just a more enlivened experience and there's more room for creativity and it also freezes so i have an open so we have two chakras in the head the head or crown chakra and ajna and they're about knowing thinking opinions as as kimberly said and in the past trying to like solidify the right thought um i would take reams of notes I would try to memorize everything I would have to like what if I give the wrong answer and then through this experiment learning especially as a manifesting generator who looks at new next steps new ways of doing things you know I started in journalism for a reason because I love to ask questions like I understand the world by asking questions I have lots of like here's ask me a question here's 18 ideas yeah. Which one's right? I don't know. They're probably all work to some level. Which one do you like? Which one works for you? So the ability to, and then that freed up my voice, which comes next, right? Throat chakra and communication, because I wasn't so worried about having the, like, sometimes you talked about being in your head, Crystal, you're thinking so much about the right answer. And then like the question that was asked is so far in the past, it doesn't even matter what you came up with. <laughs> Yes. they have moved on um and so just that freedom it gives you to explore to to generate create creativity to look at new options and to then to free your voice and free your body and free exploration and free connection it kind of actually by freeing your mind from that burden of that one inappropriate task it kind of freed up frees up everything else a bit more as well mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I just want to go back to the body again, before mm -hmm. we look a little closer at each so of cool. these centers. Um, what occurred to me is how we have been conditioned to deny the body through religion, uh, morality, um, all kinds of things like, oh, the body's bad. And so we just don't pay attention to our body enough mm -hmm. because it's like, well, and cover, just covering it up as opposed to it's a beautiful thing and it's also very useful you know i i i i like the um i was reading an article about this the other day and it talked about the body being the um the vehicle like this this is the vehicle and our mind is just the passenger so the mind is just coming along for the ride 
And yes, it has a job, but it's our body that is really the uh, the main the main aspect, the thing that that moves us around. I would say the mind kind of reads the street signs, right? Mm-hmm. Next exit, giant. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cotton candy coming, like you know, it sort of points out the things that you could engage. Gas is almost empty, right? Like, um, and we, we it's so funny because we do this, right? Because of course, the head and the mind is part of the body as well, right? Yes. So we're still learning to integrate them. Yeah. But yeah, you know, we we um, we it it doesn't it doesn't drive. The, it's not the car. It doesn't drive. Um, it it go. It's 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 it. it maybe it reads the map, right? So I've decided to go here. Can you watch the map? Um, we have a, I think it's, oof, the yoga teachers are gonna get mad at me if I get this wrong, but I think it's uh, Bhagavad Gita in yoga. And there's a line in it that says, talking about um, to catch the mind is like trying to catch the wind with your hands. Mm-hmm. It's really, really hard. Um, and as I used to joke, you know, it's super fast and much smarter than me. So it's <laughs> like, it's, it's, a bit amorphous and it and it it we we are a bit on autopilot with it and so the body can also play that role that what's have we know that um mental stresses and issues and and it can affect the body physically and so the body can then become another type of map where it helps us to understand as we're doing through the self and not self how the mind works and where the mind is stressing out and not in the right role um, and so, again, that's a sense of that relationship where the body can, because it's tangible to us, can, mm-hmm. when we let it, when we pay attention to it, when we really live inside of it, it can give us that access to those patterns and those needs and that awareness in, in uh, a really lived experience of it. So, so can we go through the difference? You started talking about, you know, that the head, the anja, and we got to the throat. So how about the rest of the centers and what, what they are? Uh, so yeah, so Vani touched on the throat before being about communication and, uh, you know, if it's, pardon? I just like, Madam, I always love the idea that the throat helps you take what's inside you and bring it out into the world to connect with others. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And if you have a defined throat then you have a consistent source of energy for speaking you can you can simply speak if you will if it's undefined then you tend to wait for the right not necessarily wait wait for the right moment to speak but there's going to be energy there for you to speak it's about storytelling it's it's about you know sharing messages and and getting your point um across then we have the oh, can i just say something there because i think this is a big one that people suffer with is the conditioning around throat and talking oh because yeah. we culturally live in a world that uh favors promotes encourages talking 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 which mm. is funny because we're talking a lot about this but um for so that can be a real pressure for those with undefined th- or open throats and learning to be comfortable with Basically, I speak when I have something to say and feel energized and and feel good about saying it. And I'm equally okay not having to talk all the time. Mm -hmm. And that I don't have to have an answer. I don't have to have a story to tell. I don't have to have an opinion. 
and even if I do, I don't have to feel, I don't have to want to share it. Mm-hmm. I don't have to have the energy for sharing it. Um, and that is one, especially I think in, uh, I hear a lot from people in our, in our sort of cultural time, um, causes a lot of stress around that conditioning about needing to be very, very verbal and very, very vocal all the time. Yeah, most of us were taught to be seen and not heard or That's to well, don't yeah. raise your voice or you know, any other versions, multitude of versions of that. So a lot of us defined or undefined or open throat have yeah. wounding around voices or times that we didn't speak up and we quote unquote should have or you know, swallowed our voices and, and all of those kinds of things. And the way that I interact with the throat center in my voice now is number one paying attention to the the strategy and the authority and the not self theme within me as a manifester but also looking at it as if if one of those things is activated like if my spleen is saying say this then it's important for me to say it Mm -hmm. if my or if i'm getting angry about something it's important for me to voice that anger and sometimes it's just voicing it to myself sometimes it's voicing it to whoever it is that I'm in communication with Um, and if you're a manifester you will have a defined throat so because your strategy is to inform and it's inform all the time so you need to have a defined throat to have the energy in that center to inform uh, all of the time and when you're not used to informing or you've you've grown up in an environment where um you know, you got in trouble for informing or you had to always ask for permission or people always said no to you, communicating out loud to say what you're doing can be really challenging. And yet it's one of the most healing and therapeutic things that you can do, certainly as a manifester, but also just to, to varying different degrees if you're defined, undefined or, or open. So throat center is also one of the most powerful I don't know. I don't want to use this term specifically, but I feel like it's the term that kind of captures it manifestation centers Mm. because you speak things into existence through the throat center. It is your communication with the universe, your communication with the energy around you, whether that's person energy or universal energy or whatever it might be. It all comes through the throat. So doing a lot of healing work on throat wounds is really important no matter whether it's defined undefined or open it's interesting as a as a projector i have no motor connection to my throat which is why i'm a projector because i can't manifest and i can't generate well you can manifest it just looks different right it does for the way that you manifest Correct. In terms yeah. of starting things, yes. Yes, but yes. the timing will be different. There'll be an invitation that will. Um, right, yes. Occur, right. And then you'll know it's the right time for you to share something, to speak something, because the invitation was correct. That's right. So it's the invitation that it's not the, it's not coming from me. It comes invitation and then the manifestation. Yeah. 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 So yeah, the, the throat center is, it's huge. You could you could have a podcast on the throat center in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Nine new podcasts coming. Podcasts coming up. 
Yeah. Okay. Then we have the G center mm-hmm. or the identity center. And this center is all about like kind of who you are, mm-hmm. uh, your identity and your direction uh, in life. And it, there's also some large components of self-love um, in this center as well and really appreciating who you are, knowing who you are, understanding who you are. If you have a defined identity center or a G center, then you have a fairly decent awareness of, of who you are and that that is similar day to day for you. doesn't mean you won't have other identities that you'll try on, but you have a pretty solid sense and awareness of, well, no, like this is who I am and this is where I'm going and this is just what I do and that's just how I am. If you have an undefined or open identity centre, which I have, then you're a little less sure on that. And the way that I like to reflect on this for me personally is if I look in my wardrobe, there's a lot of different types of clothing in there. (laughs) And it's because I don't know who I'm going to be each day. Hmm. So I have clothing that reflects the different elements of me on a day-to-day basis so I get up and intuitively it's like okay what parts of me need to be expressed today what parts of me need to be used today what parts of me are being called forth today whereas someone with a more defined g-center may have a theme throughout their wardrobe or a consistent color scheme or a certain style that they like and that they wear all the time I don't have that yes I like florals and I like more like feminine feminine clothing but that's kind of about where you know where it ends like it's quite an eclectic um, collection and I don't always know my direction and where I'm going in life like I don't have that certainty which sometimes can infuriate those around me and I'm still coming to peace with with the not knowing like the and the uncertainty that exists in that space for me. and it is very much a process of learning to love that about me and seeing the magic that exists in the not knowing, but also the, wow, I get to discover that about me. I get to uncover mm-hmm. these different aspects and elements of me. I get to meet new parts of me all the time because that's, that's, an, that's not a center that I have consistent access to, to energy. It's not a space where I feel certain. However, it does mean that it's also a space where I can be deeply conditioned which means I can become like you, Crystal. I can become like you, Vani, and I can make myself fit right in. Interesting. And I can lose sight of myself Mm -hmm. in those spaces sometimes unless I get deeply rooted into me first. And I can appreciate that there are ways in which I'm like you and ways in which I'm like you, but I'm still like me at the same time. And I think it's a a good point to, to, you know, we sometimes... You know, the self and not self, the um, uh, defined, undefined, high, high expressions, low expressions, these are things, you know, we love, you know, the, the, the opposites more than the harmony of opposites sometimes. But I think we sometimes fall a little bit uh, into thinking of them as good or bad. Right. As opposed to part of the tool, they're all here to serve you and understanding you and your alignment. So even, I mean, you mentioned this uh, last time, Kimberly, the not self, like, why am I having anger? Where is this coming from? What does this tell me about me? What does this tell me about what I need can actually be very useful. 
exactly not necessarily fun or pleasant um but useful it's still a tool designed to support you in this journey of living this practice of love of living and so it, yeah it's 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 a good it's a good practice to keep you know reminding ourselves that this might not be the not self might not be the ideal experience but it's not necessarily bad it's it's still helping to guide us along right undefined conditioned unconditioned is not necessarily good or bad it is and it helps us to become um, and that's that's part of that expanded uh, experience as well I think that's a really important distinction because you know as soon as we put non into something it's like oh that's bad they're all neutral and they're all learning tools I can learn from my defined centers I can learn from my non-defined centers I just have to be aware of what is it that I'm going to learn through this process? Exactly. Yeah. Yes, because there's so much wisdom that comes from the undefined and open centers. That's how you learn mm -hmm. about the world. That's how you learn about other people. So, and it's just like the, the not self theme is there, like we said in the first, first part of this, is there as that buffer or that bumper that you bang up against to go, oh. Mm -hmm. Okay, I've, I've become too much like Crystal, or I've become too much like Barney in this situation with the G Center. I'm angry about that, or I'm angry that, that, that they've lost sight of me and they're expecting me to be like them. Mm -hmm. Now, what do I do to come back into a place of yeah. peace? Or exactly. now, what do I do to go from frustration to satisfaction, or from bitterness to success, from disappointment to um, surprise. surprise, or. Um, I think I covered them all. That's all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Manny Jenkins will throw at you because they get they we get um everything. I, I always laugh because if you read a book, it'll be like you read the manifesting generator side, and they're like, now also go read the manifester section right. and the generator section. Like, oh come on, how do I get so much homework in my design? Come on. So I get to be frustrated and angry <laughs> when I'm not so right. Yep. Really mean it. I, I apparently need a much harder bumper rail to hit than other people. <laughs> well, Stubborn. let's move to the heart center. Yeah. Yeah. So the heart center is, I personally, I think it's a really interesting one. And it's one that, um, so I have a defined heart or, or ego center, depending on which school of thought, um, you know, you want to reply to this. Uh, mine is defined. So mm. this is, that's my one motor. Mm that I have as a, as a manifesto and um, it is known as like a center of willpower or, or will and it has the energy to continue to do things the thing with this being a defined center for me is that when other people are in the presence of my energy and they have an undefined or open heart center they can feel like they can do anything and I can make them feel like they can do anything. Mm -hmm. And then they can get off a conversation with me or, you know, move on throughout their day and go, oh, now I've, I've lost the, the sense of that or I don't actually feel like I can do everything and anything. So I've got to be really mindful of the way in which I connect and communicate with people so that they don't get caught up in the, the, the powerful sense that this energy center can bring to a space to a conversation to a project 
and really check in with them and go, but what feels right for you? What's your capacity in this space? What are you available for? What, what are you able to do? What feels good for you? And so on and so forth. Because for a, you know, it looks like it's the smallest center on a body graph chart, but the energy that it carries, like we are going to be really mindful of not being forceful in this space. This center is also about your sense of worth, like self-worth as well as how much things are worth for you, which is often that payoff between, okay, like if I, if I keep doing this, if I keep using energy in this space, what's the payoff here? What am I going to get out of this space? And it's about your desires as well, like mm. being aware of what you desire in life, but also what your desires are as a human being like what needs to be what needs do you have that need to be fulfilled for you and then how also are they connected to you know your community and, and so on and so forth hmm. uh, as well cool how about the spleen oh the uh, spleen i love the spleen that's you're our spleen expert kimberly <laughs> <laughs> the spleen is all about there's two main areas for the spleen the spleen is really about intuition and health. Mm. So the spleen will tell you intuitively what is correct for you. Mm -hmm. And it will also tell you intuitively what is healthy for you. So, uh, and we really play with this a little bit in my house because um, I will look at food in the fridge if it's been there for, you know, a, a few, few days and I will go, nope, instantly. I know that it is not going to be good for me, a good idea for me to eat that food. Huh. My open spleen husband, on the other hand, is like, she'll be right. I'll eat it. I'm like, I don't, I, that's, that's not a good idea. Like I'm telling you, that is a good analogy. It is true. But it also speaks to the health of environments as well. So like there's, there's mm. aspects of, you know, we talked before about reflectors. This is one particular space where we all get to experience a little bit about what it's like to be uh, a reflector because it will tell us how healthy a space is for us or not. Now, one of the biggest things with the spleen center is it comes with a lot of fears. Each of the centers has fears associated with it, but mm -hmm. the spleen really experiences these fears quite dramatically. And there's a lot of fears in here around not knowing enough, fears of repeating mistakes of the past, fears of like not being good enough, fears of like, is this worth it? Should I keep going? And so on and so forth. So the spleen is like, it's one of the oldest, mm. no, sorry, not one of the oldest centers, but it is really about like our, like keeping us healthy for our evolution. It's roles to keep us healthy. And so many of us have been taught to either override that or to not listen to that or to get somebody else to dictate that health for us when the spleen really knows what is healthy for you. And intuitively it will, it will tell you whether something is healthy for you or not. And sometimes we do need to, ignore that to really learn oh right that was my spleen telling me that that's not right for me that's mm. not healthy for me so then we'll pay more attention to it next time so 
right for me it was it's really been about de-shaming myself for the times where I went ahead and did it anyway or ignored my intuition or ignored um whether something was healthy for me and then either you know getting sick and you know I, I ate a burger once that I knew I tasted it and I was like this doesn't taste right like and there was this feeling in my body of this is not right but I ate it anyway why because I was out for dinner with a friend mm-hmm. and not eat my burger sure enough came home two hours later out came the burger yikes so lesson learnt conditioning overcome who cares what the other person thinks about me not eating my burger or not that burger was not healthy for me I knew it I still ate it anyway lesson learned so it's things like that 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 the spleen is is there for it's it's that um the survival right it will tell you run fight fight freeze kind of thing the spleen is all about that great how about the uh, sacral Oh, the sacral. The sacral is our largest motor. So we have four energy motor centers. Um, and it, um, yeah, if anything, it's the bossy one, right? Um, the sacral is about creativity, sexuality, uh, life force. And it really can drive the system. But it doesn't feel the need to explain itself. Hmm. So it will be like, hell yes, that's the right thing for you. And you have tons of energy. Or it will say, hell no, energy off. No explanation, no negotiation. <laughs> um, and so again, once you start to tune into that, I mean, sometimes you can't. I mean, it might be like, what's a good example? Uh, hell yes, you should sign up for that $20,000 course. Well, okay but maybe I don't have $20,000 like (laughs) even on credit cards, right? Like maybe that's just not possible and you can do a lot on faith, but, um, but then you can be like, okay, so how do I work with that? What about this is a hell yes. How can I get part of this? How can I find other sources to get the thing that it's hell yes in me for? So we can let you explore that a bit. Um, The harder thing with the sacral is not unlike we have fight and flight, but we also have freeze, which we don't like to talk about. Apparently Um, Mm -hmm. we have hell yes. And we have hell no. And then we have meh. Um, And meh is a not strong reaction. And it's one I work with all the time because you feel conditionally that you have to make a decision and that it's definitely yes or definitely no and not well, maybe later, or uh, like, if you, maybe I have to ask more questions. Like, is it yes? Is this part yes? Is this part yes? Is this part yes? Or is it all no? Or is it all like, we're busy with the hell yeses. We don't have time for these meh things. And it's, it's hard for people to leave things on the shelf, right? Um, to come back to always Um, and so that can be confusing like well maybe I have to ask more questions maybe I have to get my tarot cards out maybe I have to ask somebody else's opinion right this is again it can drive a lot of external validation 
Um, so that's something that starting to learn to trust yourself, I find comes a lot from the sacral um, and your ability to not necessarily have to explain or rationalize or provide data for your decisions. You can just have your decisions that are right for you um, and the energy that supports that. If you say no to things, if you say yes to things that are really no's, you will, it's that, that feeling of pushing a rock up a hill. Mm. Um, you can do it. And it's funny because for me, so I have three motors. I have root, sorry, root, sacral, and heart um, or ego. Um, if my sacral says no, no energy for you. Um, and I'm like doing it anyways, um, I can start to push from the heart center mm -hmm. and then it becomes about like this slightly twisted version of willpower. Like I'll show you, I'm like a little kid. I'll show you, I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> um, but it is very not self experience, right? So it's like a frustrating, angry, um, bitter complaining experience. And then it was like, maybe I should have just said no. <laughs> like maybe this would have been better if I just said no. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it provides a lot of energy for the things you love that are right for you. Mm. Um, and so it can also give you a lot of insight and, and also being open to the nowness of your experience mm. because you, as you change, your experience will change what's right for you. I just recently took a course that I've known about for years that I've always been like, no, 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 no. And this year it was like, yes. I was like, wait a minute, what? Did I just get a yes for that? Like, and I actually kind of chat, I was like, no, it's a yes. And I found you all the money for it. I was like, the six other courses I looked at didn't have the money for it. And they're like, yeah, because those were no's. So it's re like, okay, I don't totally know why, but a yes is a yes and the money, right? The, the resources for those yeses are often there in whatever form you need them, time, support, money. Um, that, um, you know, I could take it mm -hmm. and, and be, be okay with the fact that it's always been a no um, and that now it's a yes because other things have shifted, right? right. Where now it has... Uh, potential and power and possibility that it didn't before. Hmm. So the sacral is is a fun. Is a, I always think of it as like I always say the robins are the the bosses of the garden. So sacral feels a lot like General Robin, <laughs> deciding, giving everybody their marching orders or not. Okay, so we have about a minute for each mm. the root and the solar plexus, and we'll and and we'll leave it as a cliffhanger for people. Yeah. <laughs> How right. about I take root, Kim, and you can do solar plexus. Um, root is similar to chakra. It's also a strong um, a motor, and it is um, a take action center, right? To mm. be in this life, be in this body, doing things with this life. Um, but it's also what we would call a pressure center, where it, it doesn't necessarily have an on-off valve tied to authority like sacral does. It's more like, do, 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 do. Let's do more. Mm -hmm. Let's do something. Let's do anything. Um, and so it can, it, depending on where it ties into. So mine ties into my spleen. Um, and if I'm not using it, it might be then sort of goes, really? You don't want to use me. Maybe we'll hang out in some of these fear gates of yours about 
accomplishing things and being responsible and mm. not making past mistakes, right? So it takes a lot of awareness to, to um, and then, so I use that instead when I'm feeling that to get back in my body. I'm like, okay, how about we go do some yoga? How about we go yeah. and, I don't know, rearrange the cupboards? How about we go and do something um, that gets the body moving as opposed to um, fueling all sorts of conditioning and not selves and, and getting us off task, off the path. Cool. And solar plexus. So the solar plexus is um, one of the other four motors. Mm -hmm. And this is, it's, it's called the emotional center because it's all about emotions. It's about emotional mm -hmm. awareness and it's about passion. And it's really a center that's about making sense of of your experience and utilizing your emotions um, in that space. It's about um, wisdom. It's about connection and using though, like using emotions to give you like a greater like awareness of yourself, of other people and your connection to yourself mm -hmm. and to other people. If you have a defined um, solar plexus or, or emotional center, then you have, you have consistent access to your emotions. Your, your emotions have a continuous energy to them and you will have an emotional wave associated with having that center defined. Mm -hmm. If it's undefined, you will still have um, emotional energy there because you'll have a gate defined within that center and then if it's open like it is for me there are no gates defined in that center and an undefined center will amplify it however an open center will amplify that even more like we will you will filter another person's emotions through your body and it's really important for you to have emotional hygiene practices as a result of that However, if you are defined emotionally, it's important for you to understand that you set the emotional tone of a space. So if you come into a space mm -hmm. and you're feeling, say, like emotionally heavy and you've got a lot of stuff going on, you will bring that into that space and you will set the tone of that space, which means all the undefined and non-emotional people will filter that through their bodies and amplify that. So one person being defined can then like fill up a space yeah because all of the other people who are not um will take that on and create more and more and more of that so it's really important for those with defined emotional center to really check in with where they're at when they're in entering into a space and equally for someone who is undefined or open to empty that emotion out before coming into a space as well because then you can more clearly discern what's my emotions, what's someone else's, and then, you know, remain grounded um, within you. So the emotional center is a big one. Uh -huh. And it yeah. teaches us that we don't, not everyone does or has to feel the same about everything, no. right? So I always sometimes think of this as this is a great center for, it's the intersectional center, right? Like it, it can start to make that connection to everybody has an emotional stake in this situation, this community, yeah. this world. And we can 
sort of recreate the pie by understanding and experiencing that from each other. So that things that we might never experience or feel, we can learn mm. by engaging and holding that space for others. So that we do have that empathy, that understanding, that uh, expansion of, of awareness that allows us to move from that sort of fuller place in the world around us. Bonnie, you're right. We could do one a week. <laughs> without a doubt and if nothing else it's a nerd heaven like it's so much fun <laughs> i know exactly <laughs> well thank so you both fun. thank you both for joining me today this has just been a great conversation uh a continuation of our our last podcast and um who knows maybe and apparently 42 more to come maybe <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, so I want to uh, thank my listeners for joining us today. And I hope that you found this interesting. Um, I will post the um, the links to where you can have your human design um, chart uh, uh, made, generated. And also- and most of those um, generating apps are free. So you, yes, can, they you are. can get it yeah. for free. You can get your chart and then, you know, they're great books. There are lots of resources to learn about it. Um, also, I mean, you could contact Vani or Kimberly, who um, are also um, coaches that can work with you on this. And I will also put their links uh, on the podcast. So you will be able to contact them for about the human design or other work that they're doing. So thank you. And I hope to see you again on the journey to inner wisdom.